0: Listening Dog Media.
1: Hello, this is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. I'm Hayley McQueen. Oh, goodness me. The group stage has certainly ended with a bang. Germany's World Cup is over. Can you believe it? The European finalists and two-time champions, they are out. Morocco's win over Colombia means they make the round of 16 on their World Cup debut. For today's show, Lindsay Hooper is with me. Hi there, Lindsay.
0: Hey,
2: Haley, Good to have you here. Um, yeah. What a day for you to join us, though. I- I'm
0: I in shock. Oh.
1: I know, I was listening to the pod yesterday thinking, are we going to get as much excitement today? Are we going to get all the goals? Well, it certainly didn't fail to deliver, that's for sure. I couldn't let you and Kate just have the fun without me joining in. So group stage is out the way and here I am for the knockout rounds. Um, (laughs) We have got as well the WSL and ex-England striker Natasha Dowie. Hi there, Tash. Hiya, nice to see you. And delighted to say this group stage, well, it really is delivering, isn't it? Drama until the final whistle. Uh, later, we'll be picking our favourite moments, players and teams so far as well. But first, let's get into the match action, starting with Korea Republic against Germany in Brisbane. Germany were knocked out of the World Cup in the group stages for the first time ever after that one-all draw with Korea Republic. Just six minutes in, Cho So Hyun opened the scoring. Alex Pop equalised with a header and had another ruled out for offside. But it just wasn't enough for Germany. We are joined by Nina Purzel host of the German football podcast, The 45, who is at the Brisbane Stadium. Thank you so much for joining us. Huge commiserations. My other half is German as well, Nina. So there you go. He's just found out the score. He's somewhere in the world, but he's keeping in touch with all that's happening and he absolutely can't
0: believe it. Can you? No, not really. Thanks for having me. Uh, After this match, I'm just, I'm just really in shock as everybody else. For the players, they are so, so good, but I don't know what was wrong today. It was just like seeing a completely different team. Do you think you, you, you are
1: feeling that? Because it, it is such a shock. I don't think anybody expected Germany not to be going through.
2: I definitely didn't. I tipped Germany to win the whole thing. I oh, thought they'd wow. be on a revenge mission post mm-hmm. <laughs> the Euro final. I think I had Alexandra Pop as my top
3: goal scorer. I basically, I'm just going like, to light a flame to all of my predictions the thing that I notice with Germany and which I think disappoints me the most is the amount of quality mm. they have within their team and squad, but they rely so heavily on pop. And actually I wonder mm. where they would be without her, to be honest. I don't really know what more she could have done. She scored four out of their eight goals pretty much everything. She's back defending. She's re- they rely on her to score mm. the goals. They rely on her to assist the goals. And yeah. they've got too much quality to just focus on her. I don't think they play to their strengths enough today because every time they did deliver balls, she pretty much won mm. everything and, and was unlucky with a couple of other chances. But, you know, they can't just rely on Pop. And I think that is the thing that disappoints
0: me the most with this German squad. She mm. was the one player who actually looked as if she could do something against it and it, as if she wanted to do something against it and she was on the pitch like trying to get everybody behind it and um, just you, you could see like her face she was so much in rage and tried to put it onto the other players um, and get them with her I also don't know why the German team relies on them, uh, on her so much like they do I mean, bec- probably because she's just that outstanding but players like Lina Magol definitely were missing or Linda Daimann who's injured also in the defense there were so many players missing and I think that's mm-hmm. something that really showed of course Marina Higering, Higering was back and that was really really good but you saw that there just wasn't that good of a communication. What about Nina I want to ask you about
1: the atmosphere in the stadium and what that was like because we saw Korea Republic I mean play with such intensity they just didn't give up they just fought and fought how much did the crowd
0: play into that as well? In the beginning, like the German fans were really loud and singing and chanting, and when they read the lineups, it was obviously like everybody was like, "Oh, the German fans are here." Um, Just as opposed to the Colombia match, where it was just turned around. But Mm. with that first goal, it went quiet basically, Mm. and then the South Korean they were just going to be a bag of nerves, weren't they? Though afterwards, that's the problem.
2: Yeah. And and I I guess as well distracted because they would have been keeping an eye on what was happening in the other match as well with Morocco. Mm.
3: I think the sad thing as well for Germany, the way that they've actually gone out of this World Cup is through such basic mistakes by them as well. And the Germans are so, Mm. you know, organised. It's so normally so hard to break them down and to score against them. And if you think really the late goal against Colombia, switching off, you know, has cost them Mm. valuable points. And today... That goal, the defence was nowhere to be seen. You know, players running out. Oberdorf just basically ran out, left her player. And then obviously they they were just free for a tap-in. And Oberdorf is one player as well that's really massively disappointed me this tournament. I was expecting such high things for her.
0: I mean, she was injured as well. So Mm. that was really, really bad or sad even because I, I love everything she does usually. But today, as you said, it was just nothing there all those wrong passes, not there with their heads, apparently not talking to another. Even Alexandra Pop, she had some passes and some mm-hmm. um, some attempts where I was like, why are you going that way now? Why are you trying to, to shoot from here when you know there are so many other people uh, players from mm-hmm. South Korea? And one thing that was also really worrying to me, why they would always go through the center. They didn't even think of the possibility of going to the wings. Tash,
1: do you think they'll feel that they're they're more, I guess, unlucky? When we look at the, the shots on target there with Pop, for 14 shots, breaking down the stats. They had 71% of the possession. They had that goal ruled for offside. At Lerman's chance in injury time there as well. Will they put it down to being unlucky? I mean, look, you create your own luck in football, don't you? And, and I
3: think overall mm-hmm. today, just Germany weren't good enough. I think that... If you look at the overall game, South Korea's game plan was spot on. And really today, it sounds sounds a bit harsh, but they actually didn't have much to play for except for pride. So credit to South Korea. You know, they're already out of this World Cup. And really for them, it was actually about spoiling Germany's party, which they did. And for me, when you look at it, the teams that progress are the teams that deserve to progress. And Germany haven't. And mm. for me, throughout the three games, you know, they started, you know, so well with their massive result first game, 6-0. But then really since then haven't been the Germany that we're all used to and it's a shame actually if I'm being completely honest we all have an underdog we all love you know mm. to see shock results but I think for this tournament it's a bit of a travesty that Germany aren't in it anymore.
2: I was mm. trying to dual screen for this one uh, and I just wondered because a few of the things that I was picking up on um, whilst I was focusing on Colombia and Morocco as much as I could but in this match, I heard quite a lot of the analysis of both half time and full-time talking about Germany not playing to their strengths, Nina, not using the wings enough, not using their aerial threat enough. I know that Pop did score a header, but let's remove Pop. We've talked about her. Let's talk about the other players and their strengths and why they weren't utilised.
0: Honestly, I don't know why, but it's exactly that. Tina Verstecklenburg actually played with uh, Schüller and Pop together so that they could use their strength, like long passes um, for headers and stuff, but they didn't u- use them. I don't know why. Schüller was not to be seen, definitely not too often in the box. Yeah, and also um, Jule Brandt, um, who was phenomenal in the first game. She also didn't show her qualities. Like She also missed so many passes. She just ran into her opponents and just like didn't try to get out in some way and going in like physically she just can't hold up and that showed today because uh, South Korea was playing to exactly that and that was really really bad yeah.
1: Nina it's been a pleasure having you on
0: commiserations really sorry but I'm sure the Euros you go again. (laughs) I hope so and I'm sorry that I can't like give any explanations because I'm really just wondering (laughs) myself why it went that way that it went a lot of the German fans leaving that stadium, scratching their heads. So
1: Korea Republic also out. Uh, They finally got their goal as well for the first time, uh, scoring an opening goal at the Women's World Cup. So if Colombia had beaten Morocco, a draw would have been enough for Germany to go through. But Morocco, goodness me, they weren't reading that script, were they? So, Morocco and Colombia both through to the round of 16 after a 1-0 win to Morocco in Perth. Chesleyne Chabak's penalty was saved, but Anissa Lamari put the rebound into the net. Goodness me. So, we now know Germany are out and Morocco definitely having a big say in that, weren't they, Lindsay?
2: Morocco had their best performance here. They saved it for last. I think certainly when you think of that performance in the opening game against Germany, they were beaten 6-0. They looked brittle at the back. They were pulled out of position so many times. They didn't really look cohesive. But there just seemed this desire from the off-haley in this one to try and Mm. do something. And whilst they were very much up for it, since the 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 kickoff, I mean, it was them that took the game to Colombia from the beginning. I have to admit. On the flip side, Colombia, who have obviously sailed through so far, they had that opportunity to get three wins and be one of the sides that would go through untarnished, and and they didn't look like they were at the races at all in this match. It just wasn't coming together for them, and I think that concoction. Of those two sides playing each other at this stage just played into Morocco's hands because there was there was some nervousness around this Colombia side. Um, you've got two great nations as well in terms of support, so I don't think that there would have mm-hmm. been particularly n- nerves on show from the crowd. You could just hear a bit more of a carnival atmosphere, and of course that's what both teams were, were looking forward to because I think Morocco being World Cup debutants, it was going to be a party either way. They just wanted to go out with a bang. But uh, there were some players that really impressed me, Hayley Gerady, who was the the player that was fouled in the box to win the penalty. Mm. She very tactically Bought, I thought, Morocco a lot of time. She she earned a lot of fouls in this game and it just kept disrupting the rhythm of Colombia's play. And I think you have to identify that sometimes. It's just been really clever. And Uzraoui as well, who's a player from Morocco who played really well in this game. I thought she showed glimpses as well in the last game. I hadn't been overly impressed with them. But you cannot take anything away from this performance. They threw everything at it and held on. And defensively, they played as a unit. Mm. They were very resolute, and they just put everyone behind the ball in the end.
1: Would you say Morocco are one of the biggest surprises? It's you know a World Cup debut for them. They've got wins over Colombia, Korea Republic. Got their uh, first ever uh, win in a, in a World Cup match. In fact, what do you what do you put that down to, Tash?
3: I think it's brilliant. You know, they're 72nd in the world. you know, And I think the, <laughs> the thing that I'm most impressed with by their mentality today is, let's be honest, going into today... They never probably Mm. thought Germany were going to be losing to South Korea. So, you know, so that's what I love even more, that that mentality to actually, Mm -hmm. you know what, no matter what happens, let's go out on a high. And you never know, the world of football is a crazy, a crazy place. So I think credit on them to have that mentality, going up against a Colombia team that have looked very strong, winning two out of two. And to be honest, I think Colombia may be a little bit guilty of, you know, almost knowing they've gone through, you know, maybe taking their foot off the pedal a little bit and I'm a little bit disappointed in in that part as well because Colombia actually could have played a big part in, you know, maybe Germany going through. So I think it's a shame that, Mm. you know, they maybe didn't take this game as seriously as what they should have. But yeah, brilliant for Morocco. And it was amazing to see them all waiting for the final whistle and see them celebrating. Mm -hmm. I actually got a little bit emotional because I think it's great, Uh isn't it? It's great to see. Mm. Tash,
2: what did you make of Colombia in the final third during this match? Because I just thought the decision making was off. And in the previous two games, they've made the right decision nearly every time. And it just was not there today.
3: Absolutely. They they had a lot of opportunities in the final third. Mm. And, and you're spot on there with regards to when they should have passed. They shot from tight angles, which they were never going to score from. And vice versa. Probably, actually, when they should have shot, they're looking to pass. And it was almost mm. that kind of lazy, lethargic mentality of it doesn't particularly matter. You know, if this was a game that actually they had to win, would that decision making have been better? That's the question that I would ask. But yeah, I was I was actually really disappointed with Colombia today. But credit Germany to Mar- will be as well. Yeah, they'll be quite uh, disappointed with them yeah, too. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of screaming on the screen saying, Come on, Colombia, like but actually as well, did Germany deserve for Colombia to pull them out of that situation. Um, but yeah, they'll have to improve a lot going now into the knockout stages. So Colombia now need to regroup and, and start, you know, performing the way they did and vice versa with Morocco now a nice easy game against France.
1: Uh, yeah, and that. Uh, we were wondering as well how things were going to play out tactically with you know players being on, on yellow cards who potentially might be missing for really key games going forward, depending on who they got. And we now know Colombia's Manuela uh, Venegas is going to miss the round of, of 16 because she got another yellow card. How much of a blow could that potentially be, Lindsay? You want every single player that has started every game to be involved. It's, it's a change they're not going to want to have to make. No, and it was, again, a bit of
2: foolishness on their part because when they know that that player is is on that card and you can see that this game isn't going the way they wanted why not pull her off it wasn't going to affect the overall result after all I, I don't think Colombia are a team that are steeped in depth when you look at their squad mm. I think they've got a really solid starting 11 but we've said it since the beginning of this tournament that the the ones that will go to the semi-finals and final is because of the rotation of the squad mm. I just don't think Colombia have got have got that luxury so they mm. she will be missed but hopefully they can get back to more of the
1: performance of the first match rather than than the final group game. Mm. And as you mentioned, those celebrations that we saw at the end of M- the Morocco game just there, at Tash, very similar to that at the end of, of Jamaica progressing through, two wonderful stories, two great nations who you maybe didn't expect great things of. Can you see either of these sides getting past the next round? What will the expectations be on them now? Uh, we've mentioned, so Colombia played Jamaica, France against Morocco. You said, didn't you, Tash, that's that's not going to be easy, is it? No. And you know what? I've been really impressed with
3: Jamaica. You know, you look at the likes of Becky Mm. Spencer, three clean sheets. You know, Drew Spence as well, who plays at Spurs. We know them very well in the WSL. I think there's been some big, big performances from players within their team. I have my money on Jamaica winning against Colombia. I think they've just got too much quality and probably a bit more depth. I think people now have definitely... I guess spotted Casado as a player to watch, and are now kind of doubling up, mm. tripling up on her, and that really nullifies she the threat.
2: She cut a frustrated figure today, Tash. Actually, I thought at times, and when mm. we, when I spoke about that decision making, some of that was from her. You know, she ran the ball out of play at one point when she'd managed to cut to the byline, could have crossed yeah. it, and then she just spent those few moments at the advertising board. She's she's had a, an eventful tournament. She's clearly a, a rising if not already, a risen star Mm -hmm. at the tournament. But there's obviously been a lot of things going on with her collapsing during training. I just wonder if everything's hunky-dory there. Like there's there's clearly a a lot that's gone on for that player in the lead up to the tournament too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you look at then the Morocco-France matchup, I think for me, Morocco will be wanting to spoil the party again. And this is no disrespect Mm. to the likes of these nations, but they'll be going into that game thinking, right, we need to match them defensively and make it as hard as possible. But they'll take lots of confidence from this last result. And the French Mm. team haven't been firing on all cylinders. You know, it's not like they've really hit the ground running. I still don't think we've seen a top, top performance from this French team. So, again, anything can happen. However, like Lindsay said about the depth of squad, I think the French team have too much depth uh, really for Morocco to deal with. I could
2: see quite quite a scoreline between France and Morocco. You know, when Germany played Morocco it was 6-0, I, I honestly could see quite a scoreline. But I think the fact that Morocco have managed to get to this point, you saw those celebrations they won't leave anything but all of their guts on the field, but mm-hmm. it's going to take a monumental effort to get anything from that game.
1: It is, but definitely what both of them will do, provide entertainment, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Goodness me, well, that concludes the group stages. I'm Carla Ward. Join us for the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Now... We're going to have a look back at what we've seen so far. Can you believe we're at this stage already? 48 matches so far. Germany, Canada and Brazil, three of the world's top 10 have all been knocked out. Right, ladies, we're going to go through some of these star players, great goals, those who've, you know, performed above expectations and have a little bit of a look back so far. Okay, star Player, who has been your player of the tournament so far, Tash?
3: Probably today she disappointed me, actually. But I before today, it was Casado for Colombia. I just think the story behind her, you know, being diagnosed with ovarian cancer at 15, having played in three World Cups this year, under-17s, World Cup under-20s, and now to make her senior debut at only 18 years old, scored two and two, has been a really big part in Colombia progressing. So I think for me, she has been one that's caught my eye and has really stood out. Was disappointed with her today. However, she's still been one of my star players this tournament so far.
2: We've got to mention Lauren James. Three games, oh. three goals, three assists. And, um, and and that isn't just having the England spectacles on there, Hayley. I think the, the whole of world football are recognising the talent that she is. And in terms of other stars rising through um, and ones that maybe we weren't talking about before this tournament, I'm going to go with a Netherlands player, Esme Brutz. I, I thought mm. the goal that she scored is probably up there for, for goal of the tournament. But what a talented player she's looking for the Netherlands. Let's have a, a moment of appreciation for Hinata Miyazawa mm. who was player of the the match in the last game when they beat Spain and and I think when you look at matchups, we've already seen in that group because Japan played Spain I think we can see exactly the sort of level they are at. To beat Spain 4-0 told us a lot I think and when she can put in a performance like she did against that quality of opposition I think she also deserves a mention.
1: Right. Oh my goodness. We have one of our listeners, Michael, who has asked, "Who would your best eleven be from the group stages if you could only take one player <laughs> from each team?" Oh wow, this is so hard.
3: It was definitely tough picking one per country. But so I've gone for Spencer in goal for Jamaica. Three clean sheets. I think you can't really go wrong there. I've gone mm-hmm. for a bit of a three-five or three-four-one-two formation. So I've got is it Mbane from South Africa? So she's going to be Mm -hmm. one of my defenders with Ilistet from Sweden and Plumtree from Nigeria as my back three. Then I've got Esme Bruts from the Netherlands as my wing back with Bon Matti and Gori from Australia in midfield and then Endo from Japan as my left wing back. Lauren James. Yeah, so good. Lauren James is in my 10. And then I've got Pop and Kasedo up top. I was tempted to go for the Japanese forward, Tanaka, but. Casado got in there for me. So I think that's a pretty solid team, Linz. What do you think?
2: Really solid. Yeah. And I would have maybe gone with Rashidat Ajibadi nice,
3: in defence.
2: Because yeah. I suppose I can see why you've gone with Jamaica, Becky Spencer with the clean sheets, but also Nadozi has been brilliant in mm-hmm. in golf in Nigeria. So I probably would go for one of those. I haven't got too much dissimilar to you. All of the names that I've written down, you've ticked off Casado, James. I've got Katie McCabe written down actually yes. from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. obviously the Olympico goal is what she's going to be remembered for but I also think as a player that she offers mm. so much more than than just that and then I don't know Cooney Cross Kyra Cooney Cross is one of those yeah. players that's in, that I think will be one of the stars of a future World Cup for sure absolutely I mean, she's, she's announced herself so yeah
3: yeah Kai, Kai is, she's matured so much I played with her when she was 15 years old she first came to Melbourne victory so I was the captain there at the time and Look, I'll, I'll openly admit she was a bit of a, a kid that she had this kind of lazy mentality about her, knew she was a talent, but really did the bare minimum, to be honest, and then really went away and has matured and has worked harder, went on loan to a couple of teams to Western Sydney and has really come on leaps and bounds. And it's actually, I knew she was always going to be a superstar, but as whether or not she could sort her attitude out, and she has done. Mm. Her and Gory for me, and especially playing a two in midfield, that's, that's tough. Because most teams play with three in midfield and try to overload. But them two can handle pretty much anything they've come up against so far. So, yeah, she, I probably wouldn't be surprised if you see her in England as well. She's definitely another young player. And I think that's something that has been brilliant in this tournament is the youngsters coming through. Your Esme Brutes, mm-hmm. your Lauren James, Kyra Cooney-Cross, Casado. It's, it's exciting, isn't it?
2: Really exciting. Yeah, I feel like it's players under 25 that we're talking about the most yes. now. Mm. And and maybe it's that handover tournament, the way that we said goodbye mm. on yesterday's show to Marta and then we're just talking mm. about all this this young talent. Yes. But I, I can't pick yours are. apart too much, Tash. I think you did a really good
1: job Thank there. you. <laughs> to another Marta who I think might be a contender for the next category here. Yes. yes. Favourite oh. goal oh. of the tournament. And um, I think for me, just, just just to get my little opinion in here... I just couldn't believe what I was seeing with that Panama goal. I was like, unfortunately, because I was in the studio, I couldn't pause it and rewind again and again. I just kept catching the replays out the corner of my eye thinking, have I really just seen that was that absolute goal of the tournament so far and just what it meant to Panama mm-hmm. as well and against France of all nations. And it was just pure elation and something so exciting to see so early on and that it really carried the sort of the momentum through during an incredible game, didn't it? Mm-hmm
3: do you know what it's funny when this when this question was asked you know you ideally see that kind of world goal or your Lauren James's you know them techniques where you just think it looks sexy it looks attractive but I've actually gone for a goal that for me was more mentality and the whole build up to it and actually it's the winner against Germany for Colombia Vanega's header because yes it might not have been the most spectacular looking But I don't think anyone expected for Colombia to actually even deliver the corner. You know, they're 1-1 against, Mm. you know, Germany, second ranked in the world. You know, a draw would have been a brilliant result for them. So to actually have the audacity to actually put the corner Mm. in and then go and win that header, that to me is one of the goals that stands out in my head. So I actually have given that as my goal of the tournament so far.
2: If we're gonna go down the Marta Cox route of free kicks, mm. I've gotta I've gotta throw in Katie McCabe again with the Olympico. Because she would have intended that. We've seen her do it before. Yes. She would have absolutely meant it. I mean, the the cushioned volley from Lauren James, I believe as well. Is that her weaker foot? Yeah, if she has one.
3: <laughs> if she, <laughs> she doesn't one. have one, let's be honest. <laughs> she doesn't, no,
2: no. Um so you have to you have to also just yeah, roll out the red carpet for Lauren James yeah. when she comes home because some of the goals that she scored. But Esme Brutes who I picked out as my my player, I think I think that goal takes some beat
1: him. Yeah. And just a little final nod to Argentina's Sofia Braun as well that long-range strike against South yes. Africa. So that rounds mm. off the great goals that we've seen so far and I'm pretty sure there are a lot more to come.
2: Keep up to date with everything going on at the Women's World Cup in Australia by using the free Sky Sports app. You'll find news, interviews, live match coverage, analysis and much more. You don't have to be a Sky customer to use it. Go to your app store, download it and away you go. And after the World Cup, it's the best app for WSL coverage and so much more, including F1, the Premier League, World Class Boxing, International Cricket and more. Remember, you don't
1: have to be a Sky customer to use it. Just search for Sky Sports in your app store. I want to ask you both about the nation that has outperformed our expectations. Now, there are a lot of contenders (laughs) in this one. Right, quick fire, go on. Who has done way more than you ever expected of them, Tash?
3: OK, when you say way more is hard, but Japan have really impressed me. I think they've just looked solid, okay. you know, so comfortably defensively and then, you know, have had fun up front. So I've got three teams, the Netherlands, Japan and England for me uh, are the three okay. teams that look strong. Any particular games? You've got to say Japan v Spain. You know, that, that game to mm. me was like, wow. You know, they're playing against Spain, who are one of the favourites to win this World Cup. And just their whole game plan and the way that they counter, you know, counter-press them and then hit them on the counter-attack. Pretty much four counters, four goals. You know, it was phenomenal. It really was.
2: If I go the other end of the spectrum then and say Jamaica, Mm. you know, I I think it's because I bought into all of their woes. It was so well Mm. publicized, the fact that they were having to do GoFundMe pages in order to get out there. They had no support from their federation. We spoke, of course, to a a brilliant journalist the other day who was filling us in about the the Marley Foundation and and what impact they've had. I just thought that you can't expect anything from this side. And then I don't know. There's just something about the way they've come together, I think, with a point to prove, actually. I think, you know, to expect them to do do it the way that they have and then prove everyone wrong. There is that that I just wasn't expecting to this team.
1: Yeah. And let's hope that the Jamaican Football Federation stands up and actually listens now. It's fascinating to hear from Alexis Nunez, who we heard from on, on our previous podcast. If, mm. if you missed that, go back and, and, and check that out, who is a, an expert in, in the women's game or well, all sports? She's an all-rounder. She broadcasts for ESPN and she is Jamaican. And she was just on cloud nine, wasn't she? It's a wonderful story. And let's just hope that it is a big lesson learned and that going forward, they don't have to face any of this again and just just concentrate on the football rather than the finances so here we go now we're getting closer okay we've still got a load of gains to go but which team has looked most likely to win the tournament is this anybody's guess now because we've had so many surprises but could it could it could it, it Tash be England
3: it definitely could be they're up there especially after their last performance they looked really mm. strong um, and you know at the start of the tournament and then losing Kira Walsh it it all looked you know, not too great, but I think that performance has really sparked everyone's, you know, excitement again for this England squad. Um, So England are up there for me. And I think, like I said, the Netherlands, I think they look really strong. Um, Their performances, you know, they've progressed through very comfortably and every game have performed very well. So them two, for me, would be my favourites.
2: The way this side of the draw as well is opening out for England, it's really interesting now mm. that Germany have gone out because it could have been a Germany-France mm. encounter on the way to the semi-final and getting one of those, I think is what we were predicting at one point. But now you're you're looking at past Nigeria. You've got another, not winnable, because I think any knockout game is difficult. But I think if you're looking at world rankings, then you would say that England will be favourites for a few more rounds yet. And I now see them comfortably getting into the semi-finals. Mm. Oh,
1: they should. (laughs) They should. Or we'll be dissecting it very harshly if they don't right here at the Offside Rule podcast. (laughs) Now, listeners, uh, get involved as well. Let us know your picks too. So all the things that we've discussed there, you have your opinion or you completely don't agree with any of them, get involved. Don't be afraid to voice your opinions. Hashtag OffsideWC and the handle at OffsideRulePod. Next up, ones to watch. Here's producer Sophie with the rules. This is the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports, ones to watch. The game where you predict tomorrow's
3: top player. So pick a player and let's get started. You'll get two points for a goal.
1: It's one point for an assist and one point for a clean sheet if you're a defender. And if you pick a goalkeeper, it's two points for a clean sheet and three points for a penalty save. Oh, and minus one for a red card. We're going to be keeping tallies throughout the tournament. There'll be a pundits team, a producers team and, of course, a listeners team. So keep your scores at home and let us know how you're getting on. Let's play. Okay, listeners, if you want to join in at any point, just start with the same amount of points as the person in the last place and get going. So we've concluded rounding up the recent games. This is ours looking ahead. We're going to predict... I'm stepping in for Kate here as well. Sorry, Kate. I'll apologise in advance. Uh, The scores are the Producers lead on 21 points. Kate is second. We'll hopefully not knock her off that second spot, but catch up with the Producers. So she's second on 17. That's thanks to Alex Pop. Uh, The Pundits are third on 11 points. And Lindsay is last on eight points. No thanks to Linda Caicedo. And Merle Frooms. So there we go. Okay, after a rest day on Friday, the round of 16 starts on Saturday. Spain plays Switzerland and it's Japan up against Norway. Who are your ones to watch? I'm filling in for Kate and I... Do I be brave? I was going to go for a goalkeeper, but when I looked at the clean sheets that Norway have kept and the clean sheets that Japan have kept, I thought, absolutely no chance am I going to go with that. So I am going to go with Hermosa, who got uh, the brace against Zambia for Spain. They love scoring goals. Yes, there's been a good goal spread, but I do think Hermosa, and I think it's going to up the ante with regards to all these strikers now that pop is out of the question to try and get that, you know, leading score and finish up with with the golden boot because it's open now, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I'm with you on that mentality. Definitely. I think I'm going for a striker as well. I'm going for Sawa from Japan. She scored two against Spain last game. I fancy Japan against Norway. I think they'll be too strong for them. I think she's going to get plenty of chances and I think she'll be going for that golden boot as well.
2: A goalkeeper didn't work out well for me last time, did it, with Germany. Mm. So I'm not going to go for a goalkeeper. I'm going to go Mina Tanaka from Japan. Uh, Tanaka's shown that she can assist as well as score. So I'm trying to spread my bets there that she'll at least pick me up some
1: sort of point. And Sophie's pick for the producers, well, she's also gone for Hinata Miyazawa for Japan. So if Mm. she comes up with the goods, it will be the producers still leading the way. If not, I think it does blow it all open but yeah very much looking forward to these games coming up switzerland against spain and norway taking on japan and of course we'll be back rounding all of those up as well let us know how you're getting on with the game at home too we'd like you to get involved the hashtag offside wc the handle at offside rule pod thank you very much to lindsay hooper thank you and natasha dowie for putting up with me (laughs) nice to see you thanks for having me and thanks to Kate for letting me step in here. This has been the Offside Rule World Cup Daily with Sky Sports. Enjoy the rest day and we'll speak to you again on Saturday. Sports Social Podcast Network